The Brits are gone, and it's time for an All-America edition of the ROH cast. Episode number 112, everybody. My name is the zombie podcaster, Dez. And I'm back, and I've got a staple of the ROH cast this week, John. And John, I've forgotten your nickname these days. My nickname is now the American Bearded Nightmare, which is appropriate because it, it is Team America this week on the ROH cast. It is the American Revolution this week. America! The revolution USA! 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 <laughs> that is right. And a lot of stuff going on this week on the ROH cast. We've got news. We've got a couple of your fan questions. And then we're going to talk a little in depth about the show is going on tonight and tomorrow night from uh, Cincinnati and Dearborn. So uh, some stuff to get into, John. And uh, before we get there, I I just want to uh, send a shout-out to Harry, who held this mother down for 111 episodes. And uh, I know he's probably listening to this, probably uh, critiquing my first time as a host of the show. And I want to let you know, Harry... I don't know what happened to you last week. I don't know what Steven perpetrated last week. I know you got stuffed. I don't know necessarily what that means, but I hope you can recover soon, and I hope you can come back to the ROH cast and join us, because we miss you, and I know a lot of the uh, ROH cast uh, task, task force miss you as well. But with that said, uh, I'm going to do my best to try and fill these big shoes Harry's left for us, and, uh, John, I'm wondering, we got another repeat sort of this week of ROH TV with uh, some Glory by Honor matches. Uh, what were your thoughts on the show this week? Did you get to see it? I actually did get to see the TV show. I watched it last night, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. I wasn't necessarily looking forward to this week's episode because it was Road Rage. And Road Rage episodes in the past haven't been all that great. But this was an all-around solid show with a fantastic main event. Uh, Paul London and Roderick Strong went one-on-one in the main event, and this might be the best match in Ring of Honor television history. This match was incredible. They went probably, what What do you think, 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, I felt like 20 to me. Just, and uh, there was they... just so much action from start to finish. They didn't take a breather. They didn't take a break. It was just, it was just nonstop wrestling, and I thought it was incredible. It was the kind of match where they threw so many moves at you Uh, usually when you watch an indie wrestling match, it feels like, wow, these guys are doing way too many moves for this match. But this one, it felt like they knew what every move meant and where it was going. And uh, it felt like it was a crazy indie moves match with a purpose. And and you rarely get to see that these days on, on an indie wrestling show and on a Ring of Honor show. I completely agree. There was a time I was thinking they may have been going overboard with just everything they were doing to each other and everything they were kicking out of, but it was working, and it was entertaining. And I think eventually Paul London is going to die in a Ring of Honor ring. (laughs) I think that's his goal in life, is to just die in the middle of a Ring of Honor ring, because there was a few spots in this match that were just insane. I believe at one point he was either going for a suicide dive or a over-the-top dive where Roderick Strong caught him and just threw him viciously against the corner of the ring apron. Yes. That just made also, me just cringe. 
there was also a spot where he, I think he was thinking of doing a dive to Roddy, and then he decided to do a double stomp instead. It was like an homage, I think, to when Davy Richards stomped his face. Yes, or the time where Strong was going for the gut buster and he countered it into the double stomp. Yes. That was really but- cool. Man, this is a this is a fun match. This was just a really cool match, but <laughs> it was. But this this match just really capped off what I thought was a pretty good show. Otherwise, as well, we got this is the first time I've actually seen it with Steve Carino back on commentary. I know this was the second week of Road Rage from Glory by Honor, but this is the first time I've seen it since Steve Carino returned, and I thought his presence really helped the show in a in a really positive way. Yeah, I haven't been following the storyline with Veda Scott and Artie Evans all that closely. Um, I just know that she's finally doing her kind of uh, that conniving lawyer character that I've seen her do in other indie promotions. Uh, So it's good to finally see it on on Ring of Honor TV, I guess. Um, So I guess the storyline, if I'm correct, is she has somehow manipulated the uh, legal forces to force Ring of Honor to bring Carino back to commentary, correct? That's pretty much it. She's found a loophole in the in the contract he signed when he became the commentator in the first place. That kind of guaranteed him a spot for life at the commentary booth. So does this mean no more Nigel? I guess not. Hmm, that's unfortunate. I really thought Nigel had come into his own as a commentator. And he was so good after just a year. I, can, I can't imagine how good he would have been after a couple more years on commentary. He was, he was great. He was really good, but... I also enjoy Steve Carino's commentary. He comes across as like an old-school heel commentator, not quite like a Bobby Heenan, but in that same vein where he's always like, I'm a broadcast journalist, and just making these outrageous claims about himself and all the heels. So I I think it's a good dynamic there. I literally rolled on the floor and with laughter uh, when I think it was last week where he mentioned somebody did a move off the top rope and – Carino goes, Bill Watts is rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> and that was this week. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin Kelly's like, if he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. Oh, man. Another big match we saw, John. I want to get your thoughts on this. Jesse Sorensen came in, obviously, from TNA fame. He's been doing indies for the last couple of months. Cleared to wrestle, apparently, after... Uh, having a very unfortunate neck injury and uh, almost being paralyzed uh, for life, uh, making a, a miraculous comeback, getting on the independent circuit after being cut by TNA, and uh, having a match against Tommaso Ciampa in Ring of Honor. What, what did you think of it? Because I know there was a lot of criticism uh, going in. This was actually the first time I've ever seen Jesse Sorensen wrestle, and I wasn't really sure what to expect following his injury and the release and everything. But all in all, I thought he looked okay. He didn't look great. He didn't look bad. There were some spots where he looked really good, and there was a couple of botches that made him look not so good. He looked good enough to maybe be brought back for another tryout like this against maybe somebody like Ciampa, on Ciampa's level, not a main eventer, but not lower card, somebody in the mid card, just to give him another shot. But I thought overall he looked pretty good and good enough to be brought back again and I, I think this was this this was a good story for Sorensen and a good story for Ring of Honor to tell that they're giving this guy a shot yeah I mean I, I also like that they didn't shy away from the fact that this guy had basically broken his neck um, they they did 
involved that in the match a little bit. They involved it in the commentary. So, uh, I mean, it was it was a good story that everybody's conscious of. Everybody knows, so they didn't really have to go out of the way to tell the story. Although they did anyway, which was, uh, I thought, just a, a nice extra touch because it wasn't necessary, but it was good to have it for people who may be living under a rock and didn't know what happened to Jesse Sorensen. But honestly, I mean, Jesse Sorensen to me is a guy who, he was in TNA. He was very green. He He's gotten a little bit better, and he's got a lot of athleticism. He can be very talented as a professional wrestler, but he's not there yet. He's not to the Ring of Honor level yet. And I think, uh, you know, it was a mistake uh, from TNA to let him go, especially now that he's better, because now he has a chance to work with their trainers and work with their veteran talent and actually you know develop some skills but i think in terms of being a ring of honor talent he's really not there yet and he's not going to have any kind of upward momentum in the company he'll be more of a more of an enhancement talent if anything if he even gets invited back to the company i'll agree with that but as bad as this is i kind of wish he would have had his match against michael bennett that would have added something Especially with uh, the announcement that we're going to talk about for Final Battle. And I'm also not sure, though, if Sorensen could have actually taken taken the pile driver, though. Now I think about it. Well, he did fall on his head. Or he almost fell on his head. Uh, in one match I saw in the NDC, and it was very scary. But he was okay. So I don't know the extent of what he can and can't do right now. I, I think... If I were him, I would be afraid to take do anything. But uh, frankly, if I were him, I'd be afraid to have a wrestling match again. So I don't, I, I don't know. He's probably obviously a lot braver than I. And also, I believe Tommaso Ciampa debuted a new finishing move in this match: the Sicilian stretch. I've never seen him use that before. Yeah. See, when I think Tommaso Ciampa, the last thing I think about is a submission finish. Yeah, I agree. It seems like somebody that should just go out there throw his knees, and just throw his opponent around and not really get that technical with it. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess they want to give him a little variability, but, uh, you know, it's I guess it's a nice thing to have the middle of a match for a little mid-match drama, but I don't know how much I I expect to see uh, Tommaso be a submission specialist anytime soon. Uh, what what else was on this show, John? Was, was this the match show with the... Uh, Kevin Steen stuff, or was that last week? That must have been last week. This week also had the Outlaw Inc. versus Adrenaline Rush match. Oh, yes. The match where uh, I think it was uh, Homicide was playing uh, Babyface in Peril. And, which is weird, by the way. I, I, I can't imagine these guys working as heels in, in Adrenaline Rush. But they were beating up Homicide at one point. And then Eddie Kingston got kicked in the face and didn't sell it at all. And then he came into the ring and then they they just double teamed him. And there was like no point in between. It was just hilarious. How do you feel about Outlaw Inc.? I don't know. It's I, I was at the show where they debuted. And there in New York... The reaction was, I think, a huge pop because it was Eddie Kingston and Homicide, who have obviously 
done stuff in Ring of Honor before. Uh, Homicide, I think, to a larger extent. But coming back, and I don't even understand their gimmick, because they're heels, I think, who are pretending to be babyfaces, because why? As far as I understand it, is they were told they'd be brought in if they were going to follow the code of honor and be respectful. So they're being respectful in a very disrespectful way. But the fans cheer for them. I I, I don't understand it either, which is a shame (laughs) because I thought I would like a team of Homicide and Eddie Kingston a lot more than I actually do because I'm a huge Eddie Kingston fan. And I'm yes. a and I and I like and I like Homicide, but it's just not working for me. And just and it has to be the gimmick I think that I'm unable to get behind at this point. For me, the fact that Eddie Kingston has a permanent spot in Ring of Honor, I think it's cool, but it also adds weight to the idea that Shikara is not coming back. And so, just in my mind, subconsciously, I am just conditioned not to like this as much as I should for that very reason. <laughs> I, I'm a huge Chikara fan. They did. I think Steve Carino or Kevin Kelly said that he is the former Chikara Grand Champion, and that made me really sad that it had to be the word former. Yes, he never lost that title, everybody. Just an FYI. He's still the Chikara Grand Champion, and he should. He should I feel like they should have had him play that up. But. Maybe, yeah. Ha- have him debut when the world title got vacated yeah well he he, the champion has come back to ring of honor it's just not the one you thought Um, that might have been better than what we're getting now i still think matt hardy should have won the title i know everybody's gonna hate me for that but matt hardy should have beat jay briscoe for the title hmm well considering all the uh wackiness that happened afterward you know I want to ask you, too, did you get a chance to read Adam Cole's blog on ROHwrestling.com? I read what was posted on our forum. Okay. Like, I, I didn't read it all. I, I was kind of skimmed through it and then read the everybody's reactions to it. And apparently he's teasing a, a debut of some kind of mentor at Final Battle. I thought I just maybe I just took it for granted, but I felt the tease was for Matt Hardy. That's what people on the forum are saying. And I, kind of, I honestly kind of hope so. <laughs> yeah. I thought Matt I, Hardy was really entertaining in Ring of Honor. His matches weren't the best, but as a character, he was head and shoulders above anybody else on the roster. I don't even know how I felt about Matt Hardy necessarily. I just loved having Matt Hardy on the roster because it drove fans crazy. And it was great. Like, no matter, he couldn't do anything. He could have gone out there and had a five-star match, and people would have been like, oh, it's Matt Hardy. I hate the guy. Exactly. But uh, I don't know. Like, it feels like they're teasing Matt Hardy, and I feel like it's going to be a swerve, and they're going to bring somebody else in, just because I can't imagine them teasing Matt Hardy. You know, I feel like they would flat-out promise a Matt Hardy appearance, because it would mean more in terms of, people buying maybe VIP tickets or something or, or paying a little lecture to see Matt Hardy. Because it says he's going to bring in, what, extreme knowledge to Adam Cole? Yes. Maybe, was it? Steve Carino was in the original ECW, and he has been cheerleading Adam Cole for months now, whenever he gets the chance. I could see some kind of Steve Carino and Adam Cole alliance forming. Yeah, I 
could too, I guess. I just, it doesn't really feel necessary to me. Like, Adam Cole can cut his own promos very efficiently. Carino, I think, is, he's doing well on commentary. It's just as a, as a commentator and probably somebody who lends his knowledge backstage to the guys. So I don't, I don't know if you want to mix up the positions again so soon. Maybe uh, that's uh, John getting a phone call right now with his uh, anonymous sources giving him a tip on final battle. My my caller ID says Florida is calling me. Hmm. The whole state of Florida. The whole state of Florida. I might be getting the call for the vacant TNA writing position right now. Actually. Hmm. You you put in your application. I see. I I actually didn't. No. They they've heard my <laughs> Vince Russo and Ring of Honor ideas, and they think they have to sign me now. Oh man, I love Vince Russo ideas. They're the best. I, I've got quite a few involving Todd Sinclair as world champion, but we won't get into that right now. <laughs> well, you are a busy man, John. I know you have a lot of news about what's going on at Ring of Honor. Some matches announced for final battle. So why don't we get to them right now with John's news on the ROH cast. Before we get to the final battle news, I believe we need to touch on news that everybody knows at this point. That former two-time Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion and the 2007 Survival of the Fittest winner, Chris Hero, has been released from the WWE. Boo. I don't have a problem with this, actually. Well, that, you know, I wrote a column earlier in the week and I said you can look at this in one of two ways. It's a huge loss. For WWE's future, it's a huge gain and, a, quite frankly, a game changer for the entire independent circuit because the guy was released and literally two hours after uh, they announced his release publicly, the guy was booked for Pro Wrestling Syndicate tomorrow and he was booked for uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla in a few weeks. He also has CZW bookings, Dreamwave bookings. Dragon Gate USA booking, so this guy is not hurting for work right now. Conspicuous by its absence, though, we have not yet heard anything about a Ring of Honor booking, John. I love how your phone rings every time I make a point. I don't know what's going on. I've never received this many phone calls in such a short amount of time. I might just throw this phone out the window. (laughs) I think think you're moving up in the world. Dave Meltzering us right now. Yeah, but I think it is weird that Ring of Honor hasn't announced anything, but they could just be saving it for some kind of big reveal, maybe maybe Final Battle. I, I know he's booked for the Cage of Death that night, but it could he, it's not that far from the Hammerstein Ballroom. Right, he could so, hustle. And maybe they're saving him for the anniversary show. But I, I, I would like to see Chris Hero back in Ring of Honor. He... It didn't work out in the WWE, and I honestly didn't think it all ever clicked with him in NXT watching it on Hulu or any other various means you can get a hold of NXT. But it, for some reason, he just never stood out as somebody that was clicking in the WWE, and I think his place right now is best fits for him and for the fans is on the independent scene. Yeah, because he's been away for so long, you know, and it's crazy to think that in wrestling, 18 months is a really long time, but he's been away and now he's coming back. 
and guys have moved up. Some guys have moved down, and there's a whole new, a whole new indie scene from the one that he left. So I mean, if you look at this very briefly, because I know this isn't the CZW cast, but you've got a guy called Drew Gulak, who's really moved up and taken the ball in the last couple of months. He's a guy that Chris Hero trained. Uh, he trained him. You know, he had a hand in training the guy. So I feel like when Hero's going to get in the ring with Gulak for the title at the CZW show, it's going to be a, an eye opener to him in terms of what happened while he was gone and how quickly wrestling can change. And I feel like that. Plus, you've got Adam Cole and Hero at the PWG show. It's just like this guy has come back and he's got a whole new world of opportunity and a whole new world of matches. So I definitely feel like Hero leaving is a huge positive for Chris Hero. And if, you know, the paperwork goes right, a huge positive to us Ring of Honor fans. Absolutely. And Chris Hero wrote a blog saying he left WWE on good terms, so that door is still open in the future. And he's somebody who could reasonably by this time, by not this time next year, but by this time next month, I don't know when the CZW or PWG shows are, he could be the Dragon Gate USA champion the PWG champion, and the CZW champion. So I don't think he's really that hurt over everything. He ain't hurting. Well, moving on to final battle, uh, more matches have been announced for the event, which takes place December 14th at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. Mark Briscoe will take on Silas Young in a strap match. This has been a few that's been building slowly over the past few months, and this is apparently the blow-off to it. All right. And Kevin Steen goes one-on-one with Michael Bennett in a stretcher match. And the loser is no longer allowed to use the pile driver. This seems like 1989 stuff to me. If I thought Jim Cornette left. I thought so, too. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know. This entire storyline, to me, feels so contrived and... Like, Mike Bennett never used the pile driver before he hurt Whitmer, did he? He just randomly, it was just randomly a thing that, that started to be pushed. Is that, oh, Mike Bennett does a pile driver. And three weeks later, he's in this feud with Kevin Steen. Yeah, pretty much. I think he used it sparingly, but it was never a major part of his moveset. Yeah, it was so, it, a so I wouldn't have any problem if Bennett started using it after he hurt him. Like, yeah, this is the kind of move that ends people's careers and then... It moved on to something like that, but this was very rushed to start with. To your point, if if this were a few out of 1989, you would have uh, Bennett use the pile driver for months and mo- probably even years before he ever got into a, a tussle with Kevin Steen, who has been using the pile driver for years. Um, and this would have actually maybe meant something. But as it is, it just feels like they rushed into things. And, oh, look, they're going to have a stretcher, mats, uh, stretcher match at Final Battle, and it's supposed to be this important thing. And to me, right now, it just feels like a gimmick match. And I don't like that as a stretcher match. I hate stretcher matches so much. They're not ever that good or entertaining. It's just a lot of wheeling people down the aisle for them to get up at the last second and then yeah. brawl back to the ring. And then for that to repeat four or five times until somebody finally gets pushed across. I would have liked this much better just to be maybe a last man standing match. Something like that, where the 
power driver are actually in the match instead of what it's going to do on here. Yeah, I, I that probably would make a lot more sense. I also hate the stretcher match. Not as bad as the ambulance match, but stretcher match, not a favorite of mine. What is your least favorite gimmick? It, or uh, Not gimmick, but match type stipulation. Hmm. That's a good one. There are a lot of bad ones. My favorite of all time has to be the monster truck match. That I mean. Oh yeah, that was where the big show got thrown off the roof, or the giant got thrown <laughs> the off the giant. roof. Or are they like on a? Uh, was it sumo hall or, or some big? I don't know. I, I'll look it up later. Uh, I don't know. I'd say maybe my least favorite ambulance match. I don't know. Can you think of worse? Um, probably things that are similar to that, like ambulance matches, stretcher matches, like buried alive matches, anywhere where it takes somebody to go to a certain location in the arena and have something done to them, because it always just never lives up to what it should be. My qualification for what constitutes a bad gimmick match is if you're watching with a non-wrestling fan and you explain the rules of the match to them and they give you just this... You know that look, like, what the hell? <laughs> that yeah. is a bad gimmick match. I tried getting my girlfriend into wrestling a few months ago, and she gave me that look as soon as Daniel Bryan came out, and I was oh. really sad. See, that's what this, this Daniel Bryanson guy, he, he's not money, John. He's, he, he he's a B-plus player. I got to say, though, try and explain to her after the show. Explain to her. Just try. And explain to her what the Montreal screw job was. Oh, and the, God, how would I even do that? How do you even uh, begin explaining that to somebody <laughs> who has no idea who Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart are? And what a work slash shoot is. Just sit her down, try and explain it, and I want to report next week. Okay, I'll try that. I'll try that within the next week, and I'll give you a detailed response to what happened. <laughs> what else is going on in the news? Um, there will be a special episode of ROH on SBG that focuses on Adam Cole's rise to the Ring of Honor Championship that will be aired around Christmas time this year. I was hoping this would be a Adam Cole Christmas special, but it's sadly not. Hmm. And that's pretty much all the news this week. I don't know about an Adam Cole special. I feel like it's going to make him look really good, like babyface good, which I think is... Unless they find a way to completely work the special, I I don't know what this is going to do. I don't know if it's even going to be counterproductive or, or how this thing is going to go down. They did the 100th episode where they had Adam, uh, not Adam Cole, but Roderick Strong and Jay Lethal kind of talk over some of the best matches of the first 100 episodes. I can see them doing something similar here with Adam Cole's matches and have him talk over it in a heelish way. Oh, that makes sense. They, Saying, you know, he would have done things differently now or something. Yeah, that makes sense. I was actually thinking when you said special, I was imagining like a documentary like what they did on the Briscoes. Or they might do that too. I didn't even think about that. So, I, I don't know. I, I really wish it was just an Adam Cole spoof of a Charlie Brown Christmas. That would be amazing. They need to do that. I feel like Ring of Honor have really had a sense of humor lately on the YouTube channel. I've enjoyed it. Maybe maybe they, they will do they something. They have been getting better. 
Yeah, I, I like I like that. So uh, that's the news this week, and let's go into right now. You guys have been lagging it. Step it up, ROH Cast Task Force. Is it Cast Force or Task Force? I feel like that's just, that's just Force. I feel like Prince Nana right now. I've I've been away too long. <laughs> let's go to your listener topics right now on the ROH Cast. <laughs> Got a question, John? We have a grand total of two questions this week. Two? Two. Two questions. Oh. Ah, yes. ah, ah. All right. So we, we, we need a major step up from the ROH cast force next week. Rory Bolser, uh, I'm apologizing that I'm saying that incorrectly, asks on Facebook, who will win between Steen and Bennett at Final Battle? And how will it, uh, it affect their ROH career without the pile driver? I believe Kevin Steen has to win this. Yeah. Because the like, package pile driver is iconic with him. Like I'm saying, Kev, er, uh, Kevin Bennett, Mike Bennett has not even, the pile driver hasn't even been a focal point for him until before that match with Whitmer. And that match was just a move until what happened happened. Which was stupid, and the way it was done it shouldn't have happened. But anyway, it it won't hurt Bennett at all if he loses the pile driver. It will cripple Steen. Not to say Steen can't get over without it, but it's already such a big, you know, a thing. It's like taking the tennis racket away from Jim Cornette. What do you have then? You just have a fat guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much a fat guy with a big mouth. <laughs> Yes, so yeah, I, I think Steen has to win, and I think it doesn't really affect Bennett's career in any way. He still has the box office smash and the TKO. If Kevin Kelly can ever differentiate the two on commentary, yes. And uh, I mean, Kevin Steen has the F five, but I'm a huge Brock Lesnar fan, so that just would not fly with me if that was his finish, especially since like the entire roster is kicked out of it by this point. Yeah, I I agree. It just never felt right him using the F five. That was another forced finisher move, because that's when Ring of Honor banned all pile drivers about a year and a half ago. Yeah, but at least that one made sense. He need he had a reason to come up with a new finish. Mike Bennett was just like, "Oh, this almost killed the guy. This should be my finish now." <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish Kevin Steen's finisher he would adopted like the big splash the Ultimate Warrior used to use, and just like flatten everybody. That'll be fun. And we actually are second questions on the forum, and it is actually from Harry, so I'm assuming he has recovered from getting stuffed just enough to be able to use a computer. I'm 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 very happy to hear that, Harry. And it actually involves an announcement Ring of Honor made about the Silas Young and Mark Briscoe final battle match. In the article, Ring of Honor announced the match for Final Battle 2014. So we're going to have a huge build-up to that. I'm sorry for putting that in the news earlier. It's actually going to be in next year's final battle, 2014. Wow. What what an amazing revelation. And Harry asks, WWE once announced a match a year in advance, Rock Cena won. Now Ring of Honor has topped that by announcing a match over 13 months in advance, Silas Young versus Mark Briscoe. Can we take a stand and predict a match even further in advance? So who do you think will win this match in 18 months, or what, 
12, 13 months. 13 months. Hmm. I think by that point, Silas Young will be world champion, and it will be the main event for Final Battle, and they will have a uh, strap match for the Ring of Honor world title. Will it be a strap match using the Ring of Honor strap? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> and painful. And that actually wraps up all the questions for this week. <laughs> what a, a slew of questions from the ROH cast force. Thank you. And send more next week. I don't know how we got to all of them. I don't know. There were so many. I had to pick and choose, John. <laughs> we had to uh, submit them to ex- inspection. But now this but... leaves <laughs> a rigorous testing process. Indeed. There's a lot of different criteria that we need to go through for your questions, including uh, whether or not we can make fun of them. That's one. The, the next one is whether or not it's actually a question. <laughs> that, that's that's a big, big part of, of, the, of the decision-making process. <laughs> that is, that's a good one. Also, whether or not they're troll questions. If they are, we usually read them. They're usually good to the front of the line. Yes, actually. But uh, there are a lot of different things we look for. And, you know, there wasn't much to talk about this week. I feel like there's a show tonight uh, that I want to talk about because it just it boggles my mind a little bit. This is – John, I know, I'm sure you guys have talked about this. But to me, tonight's show is supposed to be a house show, correct? That is correct. But – Final Battle will also be a show, not on live pay-per-view, which will later be available for on-demand consumption, probably a couple days later, just like this show, but somehow that show is not a house show, correct? Um, yes, yes, we, we kind of discussed this, I believe, last week or the week before. So this is a... Final Battle, Final Battle will be... A super house show? That's what we were talking about, because we couldn't figure out how to differentiate the importance of the different shows now. Because it used to be the iPay-Per-Views, you build up to those, because those are the important shows. Right. But now every house show is kind of on the an even playing field, except some have the bigger names attached to them. So, tonight, I don't even know what the name of the show is. That's how important it is. It is Pursuit Night 1. Ah. Pursuit. Not, not of the trivial variety. Just of the wrestling variety. Correct. But its main event looks really good. It's going to be a really good match. Jimmy Jacobs and Adam Cole for the title. But I don't understand how we got here. Jimmy Jacobs, wasn't he just trying to kill the company? He was, but at Death Before Dishonor, BJ Whitmer convinced Nigel McGinnis to give Jimmy Jacobs another chance. Why? Uh, because, because let me see if I remember this correctly. Because when B.J. Whitmer was injured after Mike Michael Bennett's pile driver, Jimmy Jacobs was really the only person to check on him to make sure he was okay at the hospital. But wasn't Jimmy Jacobs involved in fighting B.J. Whitmer and trying to see? I don't get this. And then, and then. Jimmy Jacobs has had, what, three matches 
since he came back, and now he's getting a shot at the world title? He was part of a trial series where if he won three of the five, he got the title shot. Okay. Well, if you watch the match tonight, and you forget about the completely illogical storyline behind this. <laughs> this when has Ring good. of Honor been known for their logical storylines in the past two years? I, I am a picky wrestling fan, and as such, I demand logic. Unless your name is Vince Russo, in which case I'd just like to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's going to be a good show tonight. You got uh, Jacobs and Cole on top, which... You know, the fans are going to be super into Jacobs because they think they're close to his hometown. And, uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to mean a lot. And then tomorrow you got the main event of Red Dragon and, uh, I believe, CNC Wrestle Factory. In, or is it Outlaw Inc.? It is CNC tomorrow night. So CNC are getting their 1,539th title shot against Red Dragon tomorrow. And will we have new tag team champions in Ring of Honor, John? The more I think about it, the more I'm leaning towards yes. Yeah, because the way I see it, you could have two ways of thinking about it. And let me see if I can guess the way you're thinking about it, John. Because you have Red Dragon currently in the middle of a feud with Ink Ink. Or not Ink Ink. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was Ink Ink. That'd be incredible, That'd be great, right? Um, who are, what are they called? Outlaw Ink. Ink Ink. Oh, that'd be a great feud. Okay. So Outlaw Ink are currently feuding with Red Dragon because they're like breaking their fingers and stuff, right? Um, yeah. So I feel like the thinking is since there's a grudge feud there anyway, you don't really need the titles. And you've been teasing that CNC can win the titles for so long. Why not just put the titles on them already? I agree, and they've been saying that they get the one chance at a clean one-on-one match. They'll be able to take the titles. But it seems like this should be something that happens on... I know we just said there's really no difference between major shows and shows like this. But it should happen on a major show. Or at least happen on, <laughs> or at least happen on TV. Because not many people are going to see, unless they air this on TV as Road Rage... They're not going to see see this, and it's going to come across as, well, they want it, but who cares? Yeah, I didn't see it. And CNC should have won the titles last year at Final Battle. I think that their momentum has stalled and actually dropped a ton since this time last year. And at this point, it's much like when Ring of Honor puts the titles too late on their world title holders, that it's just too little too late at this point. Yeah. We've cause we've seen Alexander and Coleman already wrestle everybody on the roster. So what's it going to mean if they win it and they just go through the roster again? Pretty much. The only thing I think of that if they don't win it is that one of them turns on the other and it says it's a final battle match between the two of them. In that case, it's got to be Cedric. Because Cedric Alexander has been such a good heel in his local North Carolina promotions he is so good. He is not the Cedric Alexander you watch on Ring of Honor TV. Not at it's like I don't even know. It's like he has two different personalities. It's it, it's very scary. Um so if we get that turn, I hope I don't I'm not saying I want them to 
have like an 18 month build as, as Harry was suggesting, but I would hope that has a little bit of room to breathe and maybe happens at uh, next year's final battle. But uh, we shall yeah. see. Is there anything else that sticks out to you, John, from these two shows? From these two shows? Um, we are getting Roderick Strong versus Davey Richards for the thousandth time. That's going to hurt them. We're getting uh, a television title match between Matt Taven and Zach Gowan. Oh, yes. Yes. I was Zach Gowan 100%. I I don't know. I, I I just don't know, man. What if Truth Martini steals his leg? I would love that. <laughs> that is so many buys. That is the only way this this match will be any good is if <laughs> Truth Martini steals. And, and but on night two though, every match Matt Taylor has to have was supposed to be for the television title. Night when two. This, uh, when was this a rule? Night two is a four-corner survival match with Roderick Strong, Jay Lethal, Michael Elgin, and Matt Taven with the TV title not on the line. Ooh. When was it made a rule that he has to defend the TV title all the time? It was probably sometime around July or August. Truth Martini said that every Matt Taven match will be for the title because he wasn't taking it seriously. What if the Matt Taven comes down to the ring on Saturday night with Zach Gowan's leg? What if he loses the title to Zach Gowan but steals his leg and claims that's his new title? <laughs> and just defends Zach Gowan's leg against everybody. I, I'm sorry. I just I can't get out of my head now the way Kevin Kelly would call it when <laughs> steals his leg. <laughs> he stole his leg. That's his leg. <laughs> that would be Paul amazing. Turner, get over here. That's his leg. What are you doing? Give uh, that man his leg back. <laughs> Give that man his leg back. And then, you know, Steve Carino will make a horrible pun like, Zach Gowan doesn't even have a leg to stand on now or something <laughs> like that. The more I think about it, the more I love Ring of Honor. <laughs> it has so much potential to be awesome. <laughs> so we're going to wrap things up. Unless, John, we got anything else to uh, talk about? I believe uh, we pretty much covered it all. Oh, tomorrow night, there's another good good match with uh, Adam Cole and ACH in a Proving Ground match. Mm, yeah, that's going to be a good test for ACH. I know uh, people have been down on him lately, but I think a match with Adam Cole could really change some opinions. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. I believe this could be ACH's coming out party in Ring of Honor. Very well could be. We'll see. I feel like uh, it's going to be a really good match in terms of, you know, the the young up and coming baby face against. I don't want to say the established heel because Adam Cole's pretty young too, but you know, ACH does a great job as the baby face who just gets killed. He's so good at that. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. Uh, We'll see what happens there with Adam Cole and ACH. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the first Sans Harry episode of the ROH cast, episode 112. Remember, you can keep in touch with ROHworld.com 
all over social media. Twitter is at ROH underscore world, Facebook.com slash ROH world. And of course, our forum is at rohworld.com slash forum. So, John, we've had a good time coming up with some terrible Ring of Honor ideas that I'm sure we'll see on TV next year. I can only hope so. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Des Delgadillo for John and all of ROHworld.com. We'll talk to you again next week. Oops.